Trash Can presents a burnout usher on Easter Sunday. All right, my name is Mike and I'm going to be your head usher this morning along with head usher Chris. Let's have a little powwow right now and talk about what's going to be happening. So we got eight services. Eight services? I don't want to downplay that. We're already down 16 people who said that they cannot do it. So now, here's what we need to do. Anybody that looks halfway decent and is wearing a suit, bow tie will do. Ask them if they want to be an usher. That's first and foremost. All right. And I know you guys are all hearing about the helicopter Easter egg hunt after services today. I mean, it makes sense. We can spend money on a helicopter going up into the air, but we can't get new toilets in the bathroom. We know Jimmy clogged it up five times last Sunday. But anyways, here's your assignments. I want this team, team three, in the balcony. I want team four in that balcony. I want team six in that balcony. We're all going to be communicating with the little earpieces. And I swear, if you're not on channel three, I will have a massive coronary in the middle of this... Don't make me do that. I want everybody piled up. I don't want any gaps. You know what? Let's just to save seating. I want people sitting on each other's laps. That's how we're going to save seating. If they don't want to move in closer together, kick them out. They're automatically out. And remember, timing is everything. Timing, timing, timing. We need to be in and out, in and out. The moment the pastor says, we, it's time for tithes and offering, here's what we do. We pile up in there and if little old lady is taking too much time you snatch it out of her hand you know it's only going to be coins and nickels anyways so anyways take it to the end if they're not being fast enough you hurry it up hi i'm chris and i'm micah and this is the donut box podcast Well, happy day after Easter. I hope all you guys had a great Easter. We're on episode 20 of season two of the Donut Box podcast. You remember a couple of Easter's ago when we watched uh, Maury and we ate pizza on Easter Sunday? I remember that. It was a good Easter. Yeah, listening to people's paternity test results um, always makes for a great day. And also, in reference to our um, intro there, if you've listened to previous episodes where we were ushers, yeah, we've had times like that, haven't we? Where we've had to listen to the whole, it's Easter Sunday, we gotta move, move, move. Well, we had five services this past weekend so for me personally, so I definitely understand how that goes. Getting volunteers to be there was like pulling teeth, but that's not what fries my donuts, and that's not where we're at. But welcome to the Donut Box Podcast. Hey, did you know we have a new listener in Nova Scotia? Nova Scotia? I've actually always wanted to go there. I've, I've heard it's a really cool place. Tight-knit community, apparently. Every time I think of Nova Scotia, I think of the campaign when uh, Marty Huggins is like, I will not let y'all be sold out to China, to Iraq, to Nova Scotia, or any other ca- uh, country that tries to take our freedom. And I was like, Okay, Nova Scotia. Why Nova Scotia? That's funny. But anyways, we're so happy y'all are here at the show. But Nova Scotia, we also want to give a shout out to all of our uh, A1 since day one. Brussels, Belgium. Uh, Kansas has been A1. Virginia has been A1. Who else has been A1? We've got a lot of A1 folks. I know Ohio's been there for a while. Also, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Boston, uh, New York, Georgia, Florida, New Mexico. Albuquerque is a big one. 
California, Oregon, Washington State. And, of course, the home state of Texas. Can't forget the Lone Star State. So we thank all of you guys. So we're going to go ahead and dive into our first donut, which is the old-fashioned donut, and that's a story from our past. Now, if you have been listening for a while, you will know that me and Micah, we like to travel to Six Flags. And this particular time uh, was actually recently. It was actually about two years ago, coming up on two years ago. And we just decided, hey, let's take a trip. Uh, We don't really take trips that often, but let's take just a fun trip. We were going to go to the Rangers game, the Rangers baseball game, and to Six Flags. Uh, But previously, the week before we left, it was a horrible week for us, wasn't it, Micah? Yes, it was. So the week before, even the couple weeks prior to that was just insane for myself. So I'll spare the details of the previous stories besides to say, My car broke down in the middle of Texas, and I'm talking like smack dab in the middle of Texas, in the middle of nowhere and everything. So I had to get the car towed to a nearby town, and essentially my buddy Chris was like, all right, here's what we do, because we were going to sell the car. Uh, Basically, it was no good. It was only for scrap. So essentially, we just needed to go down there and do all the paperwork, you know, transfer the titles and stuff like that. So my buddy Chris was like, sure, I'll drive you down there. And so it was about a three-hour drive from where we were at. So we drove down there and, you know, got all the deal done. No problem. We drive three hours back and we get all the way back to back to town. And what was it? We were, what, two exits away from, from my house. And somebody, you know, an exit got really, really clogged up in the far right-hand lane. And it was a three-lane highway. And essentially somebody got really impatient and jutted out from the far right lane almost all the way into our lane which we were in the left hand lane going about 60 and they forced us into a barrier and so we got into a nice little accident when which i had to go to the hospital which was fun but anyways that's that's how it started off right before that trip yeah and that was actually the first time micah ever met my wife so uh that was a great time which which shout out i was gonna save it for the end but hey he brought it up shout out to my boy he got married uh at this point it's been a week so uh, a week into married life congrats my friend yeah so we decided to go down to arlington and we got down there early and we could check into our hotel until three o'clock uh but so we decided we were going to go to buffalo wild wings and then we had like maybe a couple hours before we could actually check in our hotel so we're looking around for stuff to do and we find this place called free play arcade and it was an arcade with all these retro arcade games like nfl blitz pac-man a whole wall of pinball machines and ba- essentially you pay one flat rate like 12 bucks and you can play as much as you want you can play the games until well, you know you're done and so then there's also there's also a bar part too yeah there was also a bar part it was it was pretty fun um what i liked about it and chris and i will tell you uh what we always love is we love cheap entertainment i don't, I don't know what it is and you know we kind of looked around at the area i'll just kind of say this and we looked at bowling and we had looked at what was some other stuff we'd looked at bowling we had looked at kind of like laser tag i think was one of the things or um we had looked at several other things and it was just quite ex- oh go-karts was another one and uh, it was just quite expensive for what we were looking at so free play was perfect like i said because or like chris was saying it was one flat fee our favorite game was NFL Blitz. I don't know if anybody's ever played NFL Blitz out there. I'm sure you have. But this was the, what was it, it 1998, 1999 NFL Blitz? That game's always so fun. Like I, I think 
if we didn't feel bad about not giving other people the turns, um, we would have probably stayed at that game all day. Which, speaking of not giving people turns, what ended up happening there as well, Chris? Well, there was this really popular game, and it it wasn't even like that big of a game, but it was like this shooting game. And so uh, there was this lady and like her two kids, and they were like playing the game. And since it's a free play arcade, it's all set in free mode. So whenever you die on the game, you can just hit the start button and add another life. Well, a line had been forming at this game. And this lady was in there for literally 30 minutes, like with her kids. And like, we were waiting and waiting and waiting. And like, they would not get off the game. And it's like, dude, if you're in a place like that, be conscious of other people around you. And so at this point, we were like, we're going to leave. We're going to go back to our hotel and I was like, no, nah, I'm going to say something to this lady. And I was like, hey, your kids have been playing this game for 30 minutes and they keep refreshing. She was like, no, we just got here. I was like, no, I've watched out for 30 minutes. There's a line going. I was like, when you see people waiting, I was like, you need to be courteous. I was like, what are you teaching your kids? And I was like, great parenting. And I gave her a thumbs up sign and then we walked out. But then we walked. Yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic. I um, tend to give Chris the great parenting with a thumbs up as a constant reminder of that occasion because it was funny as mess. Uh, anyway, so what else we did in Dallas, um, or Arlington in particular, we went to the Rangers game. I guess we should talk about Six Flags first because that happened first. The huh? only thing that really happened about Six Flags, it was just really hot. We had to wait. We got there right when the park opened, but it wasn't ready yet because we went on a Monday. So I guess they were waiting for all their staff members to show up. That kind of fried my donuts because we, we had to, I mean, if you've heard our previous podcast before when we've talked about um, going to Six Flags and kind of the plan that we have and stuff like that. It's literally, we have timing, you know, it's literally, we have to hit certain parts of the park at certain times in order to make sure you ride everything. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to ride the Titan first, which is the biggest and best roller coaster at the, at the theme park there. And I mean, we literally sat there, we got into the park, what was it at nine o'clock and they didn't end up opening the ride till like 10, 15 which is might not seem like a big deal, but it still wasn't very fun. So we were boiling in the sun, and I remember us getting back to the hotel and us being like, man, I just want to order food in and go to bed. And we both like slept for like 12 hours because we were so exhausted from the heat. But we got to ride everything we wanted to ride. Yeah, and I'll let you know, it was, well, I think it topped out at like 106 that day. And if you've ever been to Dallas in 106, it's, uh, it's pretty gnarly. And... You know, we actually had the plan of, okay, we're going to get there when it opens and we'll be there till it closes. No, we made it till, I mean, we went, we made it a while, but we made it till about what, two hours before closing. And we were like, I'm, I'm, I want to do like one more time on Titan and I'm done. Like, I just can't be in the heat anymore. Well, we had gotten to ride everything we wanted to ride like twice, sometimes even three times. So, which, uh, shout out Mr. Freeze. That one's my low key favorite from there. I like Mr. Freeze a lot. But, uh, but yeah, we, we ended up sleeping like 12 hours, and then the next day we, uh, we hung out, and then we went over to the Rangers game, which uh, I got to say, man, the new Rangers stadium is beautiful. It was great, but here's the thing, man. Literally, every time I went to go get a drink or a hot dog or whatever, that's when the Rangers started doing something. Like, they hit home runs, and Micah was, like, on the big jumbotron, and I was like, what the heck? So I guess I was, like, the bad luck charm or something. Yeah, I, I felt so bad because uh, he went to go to the gift shop to get uh, get his now wife uh, 
you know, a gift and everything. And that's when they hit a home run. And the night that we had went happened to be the night that it was the last night that Joey Gallo, like their star player, was actually playing for the team. So he actually hit the home run and everything. And then we got to see him out in right field. And then, yeah, my goofy behind made it on the Jumbotron because I thought I was going to catch a ball. And, yeah, that didn't happen. It was it was really interesting, but it was it was really fun. That stadium is just really amazing. The engineering portion of it that just blows my mind is the fact that you can take a big space like that and consistently cool it. Uh, it also has a retractable roof. So, you know, since it was so hot outside, they just had the roof on and had it 72 degrees in there, and it was – you know, it felt nice in there. It felt really good. It did. So that was the time that I almost got into a fight with a lady at the arcade because she was mad, and we got to go to the Rangers game and the Six Flags trip all in one go. So it was a fun time. It was definitely a fun time. But we are going to move into our Jelly Donut, and that's our jail report. So I got a few stories for you today, buddy. Are you ready? Yeah. What's going on? This one actually happened in January of this year, uh, but armed officers in Kentucky responded to a 911 call of a 17-year-old who said he killed two people, only to find that the emergency call was an accidental butt dial while the team was playing a video game. I I hate to interrupt you, but I actually saw the video, like the body cam footage of of this one, but keep going. Yeah, I saw this one the other day. That's why I uh, decided to use it. So uh, I'm not going to say his full name, but Elijah, he's a 17-year-old kid. He was playing Rainbow Six Siege, uh, and police swarmed his home following a mistaken call. Uh, So he, the call said, he was like, oh, I just killed two people. I just killed two people. Um, And the Teenager didn't realize that he had dialed 911 uh, until he got on his phone. He said, I got on my phone to watch TikTok. That's what I usually do whenever I died on the game. And I see a call on my phone. It's 911. I started freaking out. So, like, the police showed up with dogs, put him in handcuffs, and, like, they were treating it as a double homicide. Um, the teen said that he thinks the call was made by the iPhone's emergency call feature that occurs when the volume and the power button are pushed simultaneously simultaneously so i was wondering how that actually happened yeah and that's kind of what i thought too because i don't have an iphone but i have an android and i've almost done that myself where it'll it'll make a noise and essentially uh android's feature is it counts down so essentially if you try to activate that emergency mode it gives you like 15 seconds or something to cancel it and if not it'll call 911 on your behalf and so i'm thinking that um essentially that probably happened to him was accidentally hit that emergency feature and it called 911 and um yeah that body cam footage of him like I felt ba- so bad for him cuz he was wigging out like you could tell I mean anybody would with when there's you know police and dogs and everything else at your house they're putting you in handcuffs and they ended up getting his mom on the phone and like telling him what was going on and uh at least the police officers seemed to be pretty cool about it and what i mean by that is normally if you have a large police presence like that sometimes they'll be really jerks about it because it was a mistake but they saw the kid was freaking out they they were like nah if if it's a mistake you're not in trouble and they made it real clear well especially since the kid was a kid of color like he was a person of color and so what i saw on the on the body cam footage like he looked almost either if he was african-american or mixed and so like i'm sure in kentucky he was probably a little freaked out it was like oh crap they're gonna seriously think i did something 
Uh, and so it, he said that the police were professional about it and that he did understand that they were just doing their job and that there were like no hard feelings or anything. So at least that part's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it worked out pretty well. Um, and you know, they could, like I said, they could have taken it a lot worse on, on both ends. Right. Right. So this next one comes from our favorite state, Florida, Florida police arrested a YouTube prankster on Sunday. Well, not this past Sunday, but whenever this was written, uh, for allegedly giving wedgies to people outside of Florida movie theater. They said 18-year-old Mr. Charles was booked in Manatee County Jail on battery charges. He was released on a $750 bond. Uh, it said that he is known for videotaping pranks and harassing people in Manatee County and then putting the footage on YouTube. A recent video of Ross kissing strangers had gotten nearly 400,000 views. Police said that Charles grabbed people by the back of the pants and pulled them apart. Several victims said they were too embarrassed to uh, to press charges. Uh, he apologizes for offending anyone, and he said it was a joke I was playing. It doesn't mean it's okay what I was doing. I think it was fair that I got arrested. But he said I'm still going to make videos and still post stuff on YouTube. YouTube, YouTube prankster, huh? That's... Yeah, I'm, I've heard of some of these guys, some of these YouTube pranksters, but giving people wedgies out front of a movie theater—that's a bit harsh. Uh, good to know that that gets you a battery charge as well. In the um, in the state of Florida, I was sitting here thinking it would have been like assault, but you know, I don't I don't clearly know the difference between assault and battery. Not to be that guy, but assault is if you like threaten someone. Battery is like when you make contact with somebody. So if you verbally assault so you can be a charged with assault and battery if you touch them but if you don't touch them then you're just charged with assault i got you or if you like lunge at somebody to where they feel like they're being attacked that that could be an assault thing instead of battery i got you exactly all right next one and this happened around christmas time a man in arizona wearing reindeer slippers managed to dash away from this scene but law enforcement caught up to him anyway after he tried to steal a lady's wheelchair out from under her. 26-year-old Aaron was arrested in December after being seen on a surveillance video trying to take a woman's wheelchair out from underneath her while on board a train in Phoenix. Authorities said that hero passengers on the light rail for coming to the woman's rescue and Aaron was nabbed after thousands shared his picture online. Despite his reindeer slippers, the criminal was not spreading holiday cheer. I mean, what's wrong with people? They're, he, he tried to take a lady's wheelchair out from under. Weirdly enough, that's actually a big business now because wheelchairs can fetch big amounts of money to these like medical supply companies. So people will steal a bunch of wheelchairs and, yeah, we'll, we'll sell them. I, it, but I think it's crazy to do it with somebody in the wheelchair in public. It's messed up. And it's Christmas. And again, wheelchairs aren't cheap, so they'll be stealing nothing on Christmas. But you said he was on a train? Like this happened on a train? Yeah, or like a subway, I think. That's still crazy, though. I don't I don't see why people would be doing some of this stuff in public like that. All right, this next, this last one happened in Florida. Uh, Mr. Joseph was confronted by a police officer while walking around his Florida neighborhood around 2 a.m., and the officer was suspicious of what was in Joseph's pocket. The cop asked if he could search Joseph, but Joseph refused. The officer began to pat Joseph down anyway, and then Joseph, who had chewing tobacco in his mouth, spat on the ground. 
It was apparently enough to land Joseph in jail where he was released on a $250 bond. So he got arrested just for spitting. Uh, the arresting officer and another officer later appeared at the scene were eventually disciplined for the pat-down and misconduct during their encounter. I mean, they just arrested that fool. It sounded like they were just trying to get him on anything at this point. Yeah, you ain't gonna spit your tobacco at me. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you tell cops no to search you and you have the right to, they're still gonna find a way to search you either way. They're, they They will find that probable cause, which is really really dumb and i hate that yeah so uh my my thing is like comply now then sue later you know what i mean like that's what i always think of like it's like all right i'm gonna let you search me but uh i'm gonna sue you later because i know you're the wrong kind of a thing yeah absolutely because you definitely would have a suit on your hands all right man well that was all for our gel jelly donut we're gonna move into our donut hole and oh boy we're back with the questions quiz game uh i haven't gotten the chance to review the mario movie as we're recording this donut box podcast but i will the next time so excited about that but micah let me ask you a question okay how well did you pay attention in lit class ah i mean i was an ap lit i don't know if that means anything i don't i don't think so but We'll see what happens. And when I say lit, I mean American literature. I hope you paid attention because I got some questions for you. Boy, okay. If we're talking about American literature, it, this is going to be terrible. But we'll, we'll we'll try our best here. Don't worry, buddy. I tried to make it easy for you. Okay. All right. All right. Are you yeah, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. First question. Which book was the story of people being accused of something that they didn't do and was also an allegory for the communist hunt in Congress during the 1950s. A. Animal Farm B. The Scarlet Letter C. The Crucible or D. Silas Martyr A. Animal Farm Final answer Uh, nope. That is wrong because it is The Crucible. So Animal Farm wait, 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 wait. Animal, Animal Farm was an allegory but... Okay, that's what tripped me up then. The Crucible was actually about the communist witch hunt in Congress during the 1950s in America. So Animal, Wait, time out. Animal I Farm... Did, I did not know that. Yeah, Animal Farm is about, like, the political revolution in Russia, uh, but The Crucible is about, like, McCarthy and McCarthyism and all that stuff. Oh, that's right. And then I thought that had to do a lot with um, Animal Farm as well because there was... Wasn't the author of Animal Farm? He was also on the red list, I guess, if you if you would to say um, that they went after the communists as well here in the United States, and there was a whole backstory with that. I think honestly, when we learned it, we learned about the two at the same time, so I think I got confused on that. But yeah, the Crucible was the one that was really kind of the parallel for McCarthyism. So, yep. All right. Number two, which book was banned during the 1950s because it was considered too vulgar? A. Catcher in the Rye B. Oliver Twist C. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe or D. To Kill a Mockingbird I'm going to say, I, well, To Kill a Mockingbird? Question mark. It's incorrect. It's Catcher in the Rye. Did you guys ever read that in American literature class? No, we did not. Yeah, we read it in ours, and our teacher told us was like, well, it's kind of a big deal that we're reading it because for years and years and years it was banned in schools because there are a lot of 
like uh, sexual themes and they're really really coarse like like every other word in that book is the F word so it was banned <laughs> I get that I know to kill a mockingbird it's mainly like racial themes and that's that's why I thought that but you can redeem yourself my man we can still come back this next one the movie The Lion King is loosely based on which Shakespeare play? A. Othello B. Hamlet C. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead or D. Romeo and Juliet Ah, uh, Hamlet? You are correct. You are correct. So Lion King 2 is based on Romeo and Juliet and then Lion King 1 and a half is based on Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. So, good job. I actually did not know that, but that makes sense. Number four. What is the name of the detective who is the main character in Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express and Murder on the Nile? A. Jean Lafoot B. Napoleon Bonaparte C. Jean Valjean or D. Hercule Poirot It's Hercule Poirot, but yeah, it's D. He actually said that better than I could pronounce it. So I've I've watched it too much, man. My uh my fiance is really really into it. So I think I've watched. I don't know if you know this, but there's a whole TV series. It's like twelve seasons of all of her books into live actions. Have you guys actually seen the new ones that they made? Uh the new the new movies actually haven't. I haven't seen the newer movies or anything like that. We've just seen the. Uh, older stuff i guess they're pretty good all right this next one is i kind of gave you the answer in the first question so you should get this one right which book is an allegory for the political revolution in russia anastasia b animal farm c les miserables or d treasure island it's got to be b animal farm correct i kind of gave you that one earlier that's okay I just, uh, biggest right, thing about that book is I just remember they sent the horse back off for glue. The workhorse that did all the work, then they send them off for glue at the end. Yep, that's exactly what happened. All right, next one. Which Shakespeare play had someone murdered on the Ides of March? A, Macbeth, B, Hamlet, C, Julius Caesar, or D, Romeo and Juliet? C, Julius Caesar. You know, I actually like Julius Caesar. I remember we had to do, we like acted it out in class and I got to be uh, Mark Anthony, uh, not the one that was married to J-Lo, but I got to be Mark Anthony. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, that whole story, it's a pretty, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting story more than some of Shakespeare, to be honest. All right, number seven, and you should get this one. Which movie was based on Homer's The Odyssey? A, Treasure Planet, B, West Side Story, C, My Girl, or D, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? All right, we got three more here. Which book is about a rich guy who throws parties every night just so he can have an affair with a married woman? A, The Great Gatsby, B, The Grapes of Wrath, C, Harlem Nights, or D, To Kill a Mock? It's A, uh, Great Gatsby. That's actually one of my favorite pieces of fiction to be honest with you i really like it really yeah i mean it kind of has everything that you would want really i mean there's kind of every theme you would imagine all the characters are have their own dirt as well i don't know it's it's a good story the only thing that and this is a very minor thing and this tells you how weird my mind works i wish they would have named the land different than east egg and west egg i don't know why that always bothered me it's like can we give it a a more proper name than just East Egg and West Egg. What I wish is I wish we would have got more backstory on Jay Gatsby. Like, I wish we would have got more of his backstory and that 
guy that he was dealing with. Yeah, that that would be that would be interesting. Maybe uh, maybe somebody'll write something that'll actually go into place kind of as that precursor. All right, two more. Number 9 and have you seen the movie To Kill a Mockingbird? Have you seen that, the movie version? Remind me, that's not the one with Pete. No, that's Raisin in the Sun. I don't think I did watch, because I was going to say Felicia Rashad and Pete Diddy, but that was Raisin in the Sun. Yeah, that wasn't them. All right, do your best. Do your best to guess on this one. Robert Duvall played which character in the movie version of To Kill a Mockingbird? A, Atticus Finch. B, Rhett Butler. C, Boo Radley or D. Jim Hawkins? Uh, I'm gonna go C. You're correct. He did play Boo Radley. Like it's a really right. pale version of him. And you're like, hey. Yeah, I was. I was sitting Robert there going, Duvall. which which one do I think Robert Duvall would be the one to play? All right, last question. Alexander Dumas wrote the Three Musketeers, but what other literary masterpiece is he famous for? A. Les Misérables. B. The Count of Monte Cristo. C, The Scarlet Letter, or D, The Raven? Uh, B, Count of Monte Cristo. That is correct, man. You did pretty good. Yeah, I remembered a lot more than I thought I would. I will say that The Count of Monte Cristo is actually a pretty pretty dark book. I remember reading it and being like, and this was in middle school, and going, dang, I'm surprised they reading this to middle schoolers because it's pretty, it's got some themes to it. Yeah, uh, the movie version is actually pretty good. It's really well done, I think. Yeah, we watched the movie version. Wasn't it like the one from the late 80s, early 90s? No, it was from 2002. It has like Guy Pierce, Jim Cavazell, and then it's got that weird dude with the New York accent that's like his uh, like his little servant, servant or something. The one we must have watched, I, I think it was probably, it had to have been like a TV movie version of it from some point, and it was like from the late 80s, early 90s, because... Wasn't anything like that. <laughs> well, they made a actual Hollywood version of it. But anyways, we're going to segue into what fries my donuts. And <laughs> oh boy, Micah, what do you have to tell us about what fries your donuts? What fries my donuts is when people do you wrong, but then have an attitude against you. Have you ever had that happen before? And it's all because they're so prideful, they don't want to apologize to you for what they did wrong. I don't know. I've had that happen a ton in my life. And, you know, I've had even people directly around me. Um, I'll just kind of divulge a little something. I have somebody real close to me, and it's not Chris. But essentially, they had a situation not too long ago and where um, this friend or so-called friend blew up on them. And I'm talking like really blew up on them. And don't get me wrong. They were really stressed out at work, and there was all this stuff going on. But, I mean, blew up on them, made some really rash accusations, just kind of in, in a public forum, you know, not one-on-one, -on -one, not privately, anything like that. Then this person proceeds, instead of to apologize or even acknowledge the fact that something were to happen or that something did happen, they just either avoided that person that I'm talking about or they would just you know, be really cold to them or act like whatever they did was, was wrong to them. Um, I'll give you another example. So we had a neighbor at one point and the neighbor had some medical issues and things like that and felt really bad for her. But one night she just had really, really bad medical issues and we had to take her to the hospital, right? So we had to take her to the ER 
you know, helped her out and stuff like that. Don't mind doing any stuff like that. But the thing that doesn't, you know, she from then, I guess, felt awkward and then started having like an attitude towards us after that. And you're sitting here going, okay, what do we really do? But the answer is not really with us because there's really nothing that we did wrong. It's just, I don't know, it's... It, a lot of times it's stemmed out of embarrassment, but still it drives me nuts because, I don't know, Chris knows me in depth like this. I'm one of those kind of people, I'd rather you just tell me straight up to my face, like, hey, I feel uncomfortable after that experience because um, you saw me in a vulnerable spot. But I know most people aren't going to just say that kind of stuff to you. But still, I, I don't think you should be treated or, you know, people should treat you different or have an attitude towards you. Yeah, I agree with you, man. It People do switch up. Uh, and most of the time when they do that, they know that they're in the wrong or they feel guilty about something and they're just trying to avoid you altogether because they don't want to feel that guilt. And so I've had people do that before where it's like, hey, you were kind of the one doing me wrong and yet you're going to be mean to me and act like I'm the problem. No, but yeah, I understand what you mean. Well, and then it also makes me upset because it's, it's like, have I not proven to you time and time again, you know, I'm not going to go after you if you do something wrong. You know, if Chris blows up on me right now, right, I have the understanding and I know, like, I'm, I'm not offended. I know there's probably outside factors to it, but I also know that Chris is going to later be like, he's going to make it right. You know what I mean? It's just, to me, I'm not expecting these people to full on make it right, but at the same time, to not acknowledge it and then to give attitude on the back end of it is just ridiculous. Well, it's all about the relationship that you have with that person. So if you have a, like you said, you use me and you as an example, you know that it's out of my character for me to really blow up on you. People, a lot of the times will really show you who you, who they are. And so whenever they blow up on you and then they don't apologize or they don't say anything about it, then they're showing you their true colors. And those are kind of not the people that you need in your life. Here's here's the question I do have, and this has turned into more of a question, and we'll end it here in a second. But how about whenever it's a delayed reaction? So they treat you weird, treat you weird, treat you weird, or even treat you with almost anger and hostility. And then a couple of weeks rolls by, and they're like, you know what, I've been unfair this whole entire time. How does that make you feel? I mean, do you think that that's... I don't know. To me, it's still hard to to see that person the same because it kind of took so long to get to that point. They eventually apologize and they recognize it and they acknowledge it. Then I'm okay with it because sometimes people don't really understand how they're acting. Um, it's all about intentionality, I guess. But if they if they do it again and they do the same pattern, then I'm gonna be like, eh, no, I kind of push push my uh put my hands up and be like i don't know if i can kind of let you around uh but if they at least admit it and acknowledge it and they're genuinely sorry and they change their behavior then i'm cool with it yeah no absolutely i i feel the same way so but yeah so uh that's what fries my donuts man that's what it is so i guess we can move on to the mystery donut now which is our improv segment and what do we got for improv oh uh, we got free improv but we're gonna of course do um pull a accent out of the hat here and then we're gonna pull a venue from the hat so let's see what the accent is first Oh, it's our preacher voice, Christopher. We haven't done that one in a little bit, have we? Oh, how fitting that Easter just rolled around and we're doing this 
preacher voice. Yes, it is. And then where is the location going to be at? At a Chinese buffet. So I guess... Uh, that's that's very oddly specific. You know me. I'm specific. Whenever I write this stuff, I don't know. Got to be specific. All right. I guess I'll start. Now, Pastor Jim, we come here today to the China Star Buffet, and I just want to say that the Lord is good. I will rise and shine and rejoice and be glad and say that the Lord is good to me for giving me these end rolls and this chicken chow mein. Pastor Jim comes in here, and I'll tell you something. He thanks the Lord every day because you got them little girls coming around and they be filling your drinks. And old Pastor Jim loves it when he comes around. They say, you want some sweet tea? I say, you know I want some sweet tea. Oh, I want that sweet tea pouring in my glass. And then I'm going to go over there and get some chow mein and some lo mein. And I'm going to get some orange chicken. And then I come back and she says, you want to take that plate? I say, oh, you take that plate for me right now. And I want to tell you, Pastor Jim, it says in Matthew 17. Jesus told the disciples, he said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, and I'm telling you, Pastor Jim, beware of the sushi at the front of the sushi bar, because it looks a little brown, it looks a little crusty, it looks like it's been sitting for a little too long, a little too long for my taste, and you're going to be eating it, then you're going to be sitting on the pot. And then the devil is gonna mess up your stomach. And we gotta rebuke that sushi. In the name of Jesus, we're gonna have to put some anointing oil on. Oh, I'm feeling something over here. Come over here, I gotta talk to you. You know who I gotta tell you is the most coveted person in the Bible to me? It's Solomon. And I'll tell you why. Because he had... He had the 300 wives and the 700 concubines. And I tell you, when I'm sitting here, I see at least five or six of my concubines that we could have, and not just from the anointed of the crowd, but from the waitresses in the waitress stand. You understand what I'm telling you? Are you following what I'm putting down? Oh, yes, brother. I receive. Jesus, I receive, I receive, but I tell you also what I'm gonna receive. I'm gonna receive that general soul chicken right over there. Then I'm gonna take some of that terrier chicken over there. Then I'm gonna take some uh, that chicken fried like, oh sweet Jesus. You know when he rained down manna from heaven, and he rained down the he rained down the chicken fried rice to please me today. And don't forget going over to the desserts. We're gonna have ourselves some tapioca pudding. And then I'm gonna come over to you and say, Pudding, come home with me. And the next thing you know, we're gonna go back to the house. And we can't go no further because it's a family show. I think, Brother Chris, we need to start uh, the prayer to end this so that we can go ahead and eat. Dear Lord, we'll come to you here this rising China star And we thank you for the little sushi ship. We thank you for the hibachi. We thank you for the shrimp and teriyaki. We thank you for the orange chicken. We thank you for that chicken fried rice that you have made for me. We know, Lord, that you love us for bringing us bring us this Chinese buffet today. And we pray that this Chinese buffet, that these egg rolls, 
soups and the sushi will bless our bodies and nourish our spirits so that we can do your work. And Lord, we just want to thank you. We just want to thank you for the prosperity you give. Because the prosperity you've given. Used to I had to make my Chinese food at the house. I used to have to put the ramen on the stove. And now we can afford to go out and have the whole family eat the lo mein tonight. So we thank you for the prosperity and the manna you have rained down from heaven. And I think I see the manna I'm going to eat that you have provided that has landed in that pot right over there. And I'm going to have the dumplings and you know I have to have some of that egg drop soup. And you know, girl, you're going to be my egg drop soup tonight. And we say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, that was a good time. We this This is characters... We really don't believe that, nor are we trying to be blasphemous. Got to just put that out there. Uh, I can't stop laughing. Okay. <laughs> we are going to segue into our eclair, which is our positive advice, and I'll go ahead and start. So this is just advice for if you're in leadership or you work under uh, leadership, and I'm not talking about anything specific. I always have to preface that, but is this sucks, but sometimes you have to let people come to the conclusions and come to the ideas on their own accord. Uh, sometimes you can tell somebody something till they're blue in the face, but unless they come to the idea and conclusion themselves, uh, they're not they're not going to really hear you. We've all been in those relationships that we knew they were bad relationships for us, and people told us over and over again. This person's bad for you, or you know somebody, you're like, hey, you shouldn't be dating that person. But do they listen? No. And then it takes them like 10 months, and they're like, oh, yeah, that person was crapping. It's like, this is what I was telling you the whole time. But sometimes you just got to let people come to that idea on their own. But be patient with them. Uh, just still love them and try to help them through that time. That old adage of you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink same same sort of deal but yeah my eclair is uh to make opportunities for yourself to step into so this day and age is a great time and it's you know i, I don't want to be like the tale of two cities of like it's the best of times it's the worst of times but i'll tell you this much we have so many opportunities that we can that present itself or even that we can make for ourselves we live in the internet age, right? To where we can literally go on YouTube University and learn whatever. We can literally go on and do freelance jobs from a random website. Um, we can literally go network on social media platforms like LinkedIn and all sorts of different things, right? But on the same token, what does that mean? It also means that uh, you, you've also heard with great technology and great innovation comes great responsibility. There's also a lot of easy things. It's easy to sit on the couch. There's every episode of Jerry Springer out there. You know, there's every episode of Judge Judy out there as well. All I'm saying is those opportunities are out there, and they're there for you to make them. And this is the best time ever that, to where you can advocate for yourself and make opportunities and open doors that usually aren't there. That's very, very true. And so that's kind of what we did with this podcast. We were like, hey, we just want to do this podcast just to see it. I mean, our goal really wasn't to make money or to try to become like super famous overnight, but 
we did it. Or I'm not saying we're super famous, but we just did the podcast because we wanted to have fun. And we were like, this is an opportunity for us. So uh, that's a great segue into where can they go find us? TVTrashCan.com. TVTrashCan.com. Go ahead and go take a look at it. And, um, you know, we we got all of our social media stuff, too. Instagram, Facebook, all that fun jazz. So go check us out over there. And then, of course, subscribe to the YouTube, all that stuff. But, again, shout out to my buddy Chris for getting married. That was a great wedding, man. It was fun. I enjoyed it. And um, I had the honor of being the best man, which that's always fantastic and uh, once-in-a-lifetime event. And I'm, I'm proud of you, bro. Thanks, man. And now uh, it, it's your turn. So we will we will get that rocking and rolling sure enough. But, uh, Brother Micah, I feel it in my spirit that it is time to take this Dota Box podcast out to the trash. And all of God's people said, take the box to the trash. And it was Tooken. I don't know if Tooken's a word. But anyways, I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Dota Box podcast. See y'all next time. Yeah.